There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Holtcast. Cole Petum here as always. And of course, we're here to talk all things Aston Villa Football Club with a 2-0 Home win, of course, at Villa Park against Nottingham Forest on Saturday. Of course, you're hearing this bright and early on the Monday. So happy Easter Monday to you people that celebrate that. Hopefully those people having a day off have a great day off. Of course, another Villa win. I think that's what eight defeat are undefeated now. Not, not eight defeated. That'd be very tragic indeed. But regardless of that, we do have Mr. Sebastian Bacon and Simon O'Regan here with me as well. We're going to run through the game. Um, we have a bunch of questions that came in um, from listeners over on Twitter as well. So we'll get to those, your three-word reviews, and we'll just have another little bit of a uh, Villa slash Unai Emery love at some point, I'm sure. So let's get it underway, shall we? Simon, I'll come to you. How's it going? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, another weekend, another Villa wins. You know, just just your usual standard fare, isn't it, really? Um, yeah, it's uh, it's a nice... It's always nice to get to get a bit of win, and when you've got a, a bank holiday weekend as well, it just makes it even sweeter. So yeah, in in a in a good mood this weekend. Yeah, winning's getting a little bit boring. I feel like we're becoming the new Man City at this point. Uh, we better lower those expectations. But uh, all jokes are here to be said, regardless of that. Seb, how's it going for you? It's nice to be back after a lengthy period away, following some. Um self-reflection and criticism following some some recent events let's just hope that my opinions today aren't as wide of the target as my kick was you know what let's talk about this because no, you literally no, just put no. yourself right under it yeah um, let's, let's let's dedicate a good portion of this to talking about this i'm so, sad mate let's go home can i <laughs> what game was this at seb please describe for listeners at home seb kicked at halftime at villa park um it's it's to what it, they put it in what like the center of the pitch and if you get a certain area you get a certain prize is that how it works? Yeah. What game what does happens? it describe? Come on. Um, uh, basically stepped up, chipped it straight onto the target. How do you like it? Walked off to a standing ovation. No, basically <laughs> he was closer to knocking out a granny probably in one of the, the in the <laughs> side seats. Landed in the dugout. Okay. Yeah. Landed in basically. The dugout. In, in my yeah. defense, and I'm not one for making excuses. However, I am going to make a ton of excuses now. I was running up a slope. I was in trainers. It was the sunniest day <laughs> it could have possibly been. As the person came and collected me, I said to them, "At least it's not raining." And that's all I'm glad about. By Seb. the time I got down to the pitch, Seb. the heavens have opened, and I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to end up on my ass here. That's you sound like Ross about. McCormack. Come on, your gate, your gate is <laughs> yeah. not closed. Settle down. I was stood, I was stood in front of that ball with the whole ten cheering me as I was about to kick, and it's almost like every single previous bit of knowledge of kicking a football completely vanished from my brain knowing that simon was up there as well watching me just completely threw me off i had no chance the odds were against me i mean i wasn't just watching i was recording so if anyone wants that video just tweet us at the whole cast and i'll uh, i'll happily post it back up for you it's it's uh 
it, it brought great shame upon me to see my son, you know, perform so badly <laughs> like that. I, I, I thought I'd raise him better, but, um, you know, and, and hearing the excuse of the rain and the trainers, you know, that's what's the old saying about a bad craftsman blames his tools. <laughs> Come it's on, right, Seb. Because I've got a chance at redemption in a few months, especially away at the Dingles. So um, let's hope I can make a name for myself there instead. Absolutely. Well, tweet us at 7500 if you want to see that video. I think I still have it on my phone as well. I've been, every time I go through my photos, it's still there. And I think I have to share this at some point. So, of course, this is a few weeks late. But regardless, if we can embarrass the youngest member of this podcast and give him a lesson to uh, learn. And you know what? When he goes to the mall new and bags a brace, um, just remember that he's fully <laughs> redeemed himself. And I, I'm sure Simon will be there, the only one in the crowd um, for this charity match or whatever. <laughs> They're uh, selling tickets, and, which makes it worse. Oh, well, that's that's great. So Simon will be there. He'll be a proud papa. <laughs> um, get, get one of those little, you know, those like little old, this is so nothing to do with what we're going to talk about. Some people are probably already clicking off. Um, but regardless of that, you know, those little like uh, not the Peaky Blinders hats, but like the old man like hats with the little rims. Oh, yeah. The little flat yeah. caps. <laughs> Simon, I could I could see you pulling one of those off. So bring that to Molyneux you could, with your little pipe or something. I don't know. I'll We're buy one about, my like, dad's one. My, my, my dad's got a few flat caps. I'll buy one of them. Like. <laughs> well, to be honest, with the lack of hair, I'm surprised you don't already wear one. But like, <laughs> regardless yeah. of it there we go yeah. it's, it's one all between seven simon but all jokes aside let's let's get over to the game of Carl, course i've never been so proud of you oh well you're welcome re- re- just remember that when i'm annoyed for something anyways regardless of that let's get over to the game like i said of course uh aston villa two not in force nil of course that man birdie triori scoring for two games in a row um makes you kind of wonder why we <laughs> let him go in the first place i mean we'll get to the goals specifically in itself because let's be honest it was basically a gift um scoring in the 48th minute and of course that man super ollie Watkins. um i mean he's the most informed striker or at least one of the most informed strikers in the Premier League and probably in all of Europe at this current time, scoring in the final moments of the game to seal a 2-0 victory. Uh, Of course, Jacob Ramsey gets the assist on that one as well. It puts Villa into sixth place in the Premier League table, plus one goal differential. I always love seeing a positive goal differential, so that gets me a little giddy all alone. Maybe that makes me sad, but regardless, Villa up to 14 wins on the seasons, five draws, 11 losses, 47 points. Of course, at the time of recording, we've leapfrogged Brighton, who, of course, have two games in hand. They're on 46. Liverpool are currently losing at time of recording 2-1 to league leaders Arsenal on 43. Um, yeah, Brentford slipping a little bit as well. Fulham, too. We're only, what, six points off of Spurs in fifth. And I want to say, is it uh, roughly nine points or so off of United in fourth so the dream is still alive let's go champions league we'll be undefeated for the rest of the season i'm sure and i probably just cursed us for saying that but seb i'll throw it right back to you what are your general thoughts on yesterday it wasn't the best watch i don't mean to bring a downer on it but what a brilliant advertisement for this podcast (laughs) that's what i will say well i'm sure people would describe this podcast as not the best listen but um yeah in terms of the game it was it, it wasn't great in in terms of the fact that Nottingham Forest were quite happy to come and sit back and we really struggled to break them down. And in the end, we found a way through 
Forest's own mistake right at the beginning of the second half. And that really set us up then. It allowed us to build on that. And um, we had something to protect at that point. Uh, that's what happens with teams struggling down at the bottom, is that one little tide can turn for them at any point. And it was about making sure that when that mistake did inevitably happen, that we capitalised on it. And to be fair, take nothing away from the finish. It was a great strike. The curl on it, the accuracy. Again, just like in midweek, he had to take it first time. This time, a lot closer in, but a lot less thinking time to to weigh up his options. It almost seemed instinct, the way he, he wrapped his foot around it. And yeah, regardless of whether it was an assist by John Joe Shelby, uh, it was a great finish. 100%. And Simon, I mean, let's talk about Treo right now. And I think there's actually a question or so on that. So I will look that up as I throw this over to you. I mean, it's never nice to see any player get an injury. Let's be honest. Of course, Leon Bailey came off, Birch and Traore came on. I think a lot of people are a little bit surprised that Troyer maybe didn't start, to be honest, even though I thought Bailey had a few brighter moments in the start of the first half when he was on the pitch. But what did you make of Traore's performance overall yesterday? I thought he did well. I mean, he's, you know, as, as we, we like to call him Captain Chaos on here, because like you just you don't know what you're going to get with him. But I've like I have always been a fan of Traore from, from when he first came. I, I know he's he can be frustrating at times, but I mean, I think I've said this before, like when talking about Bailey and even El Ghazi in the past. That's the you know, wingers are probably the most inconsistent uh, players on the pitch. And especially, you know, let's be honest. Well, I was going to say mid-table. We're not mid-table anymore, you know. But do you know what I mean? Like, it, it, wingers at clubs like Villa and, you know, a lot of the teams in the league, they're going to be inconsistent. But Traore, the first four season he had, he his goals and assists, they're, they're quite decent numbers, to be fair, I thought. Um, and then, you know, obviously, Gerard's decided he didn't want any wingers at the club and you know I'm sure he would have executed them if he could have rather than send them out on loan. But Choyore, yeah, coming back, I, I thought he did well yesterday. I mean, like Seb said, Forrest Forrest came and sat in really deep and and made it difficult for us to break down. So it's it, it was I think it was a game that is it was is tough it's tough for winger in a game like that because you don't have that space to run in behind at the fullbacks. But I thought the the times when he did get the ball, I say I thought he did well. You know, his his, his passing and decision making was quite good, which is something that sometimes gets questioned. You know, sometimes he he sees a pass that that no one else on the planet can see, and and he'll try and make that, and everyone's thinking what's going on there. But yesterday, I thought I thought he, he used the ball really well, and he had to finish it. It's a really, really good finish. I mean, obviously, Shelby laid on the plate to him, but but like you said, Sebi had a lot less thinking time and reaction time than he did to the, the Leicester goal. It was, it was just pure instincts and sort of just a, a lot of players, I think, would have just lashed at that and put tried to put their laces through it. It'd be just really, really calm, nice finishing to the bottom corner. I was, I was surprised that he didn't start the game, but then at the same time, I kind of wasn't because Emery... For for all that a lot of the fan base I think can get quite frustrated with Bailey. Emery clearly likes him because he plays him pretty much every week. Like and Emery, as we all well know, he's not an idiot. <laughs> he's an exceptional football manager. So and I think he he clearly thinks that he he does offer something to the team. So I wasn't in, in a way I was kind of surprised Troy didn't start because obviously he came on and got the winner midweek. 
But I, I wasn't overly surprised that, that Bailey got the nod again because he seems to. But, I mean, obviously, I think he went off with a hamstring injury, so you're not sure how long that's going to be. So there's, there's certainly an opportunity now for Traore to sort of stake a regular starting spot on the team. I'd just like to add into that. I think Simon summed it up really well, the whole situation. But I couldn't be happier for Bertrand Traore. He's one of those players that you warm to as a fan, no matter how frustrating he can be. Those little moments of magic are what sticks with fans for years to come. And, you know, we will continue talking about the Leicester goal, the goal at West Bromwich Albion away. And I I think that resonates with the players as well. I don't want to go back too far in the past again and talk about Leicester because it's already been talked about on this podcast. But you saw the reaction with the players at full time, how proud they were of Bertrand Traore again on uh, Saturday. It, it, It almost feels as though you know, they understand the hard work that's gone in for him behind the scenes to to get himself back to where he is today because it hasn't been easy for him. You know, he's he's been put through a lot of tough times, you know, some decisions not down to him at all. He's gone away. He's been an ultimate professional. He's come back wanting to help and he's reaping the rewards for that. So personally, I couldn't be happier for him and long may it continue. Yeah, I mean, like what you said there about the, the players clearly like him. I mean, even at the end of the game yesterday, I don't know if you saw that, you saw when um, him and Emmy Martinez were coming up to the whole end and Martinez was, you know, orchestrating the crowds with the Ibertch and Traore chant. Like, you, you can clearly see he's, he's clearly well-liked within that dressing room. And there's a, there seems to be like a really good spirit amongst amongst the players there now. And it's, it's kind of, it's, it's, I think you, uh, Cole, you and Tom were, Talking about after Leicester, I think it's kind of you're getting the vibes of that championship promotion with like the that togetherness of the squad. Like they seem like they're all really pulling together in the same direction now, and yeah, it's, it's good to see. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see if we match that. Like it, it's actually pretty mental to think we're very close to almost matching that run that we had in the championship. Can we take that a step further? We'll have to wait and see. Um, but in regards to some of the listener thoughts, questions, and topics they brought in, um, I'll kill uh, two birds with one stone, as they say, um, with this one. Of course, um, it's at Joe uh, Roper says, uh, the Leon Bailey situation needs to be discussed. He is not good enough. Um, and then I'll throw this to you, Simon, um, in regards to Bertrand Traore. Uh, from Simon Palmer at Simon Palmer 4, saying Bert has played well since he has returned but he is, is he what we need for next season? Of course, that probably massively depends where we finish as well. Um, but what kind of, I guess we've kind of discussed it, but with Leon Bailey, I guess we'll throw that in there too. And Bertrand Traore, where do you kind of see their futures lying, especially going into the summer? Um, I'm not convinced that Bailey will be here next season. Um, I mean, personally, I, 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 I don't mind him. I I, I like but I don't get me wrong, I completely understand that he can be extremely frustrating at times. Um I I do think there's a decent player there. I just I'm not I don't know if he'll have a long term future. I, I you know, I could be wrong, who knows? Like maybe you know, Emery, you look at how he's improved so many other players, it might be something in the summer, he might he he sits down with him and, you know, really does like some proper work and who knows what will happen? But as I said, personally, I'm, I'm not sure if Bailey will still be there next season. In terms of Traore, I, I, I'd keep him around definitely. You know, we, 
when 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 like that question is what we need for next season. I, I don't. I don't really understand that as a question because it, what what do you mean by is he what, like is he going to start every game? No, but would you want a player of that ability in your squad? Absolutely. No, if we if as well we we want to be going to to win uh, the League Cup or the FA Cup, which I think will be a huge priorities for Emery next season, and if if we've got that European football next season, which you know is not. You know, it's certainly uh, something that could that could well happen. You need to have a big squad, and you need to have a squad full of talents and different options as well. And Troyer is a different option. We don't have well, so you've got Bailey and Troyer as your sort of right wingers. And if you're only going to keep one of them, because I, I suspect that we'll probably try and sign someone for that more regular starting spot. So you'd have to keep. You know, probably one of them, and I would probably go Troyore if you if you were looking to get rid of what both one or two of them. But we might not. I mean, no one really knows what what the plan is going to be for this summer. So you know, you look at the January transfer window, and Emery was like, okay, if I don't get the players that 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 I want at this time, I'm more than happy to work with what I've got and improve them. And that may be the case in the summer. There might be certain positions that you just can't get the right guy in, so he'll he'll just do what he wants. So. Yes, I mean, I haven't really answered the question there because I because it's it's really it's a really tough one to answer because they're clearly both very talented players. So it's just it's, it's purely whether Emery thinks that there's enough within them to stay at the club and work under him, and whether they've got that mentality and attitude and desire to stay at the club and work with him. It's kind of funny though, especially that you mentioned Simon, um, how patient Unai Emery and Villa were in the January window, how of course Moreno came in, but other links didn't really end up happening and maybe they never were meant to happen, but he was so very much okay to work with what he had and improve it. And I, I feel like most football fans will hear that. And especially in the January window go, Oh, this lot that they, they, they can't cut it. Like we're not going to improve. It's going to stagnate. We're going to, we're going to kind of stall out. We've massively improved. It, it's actually mental to, to say it's actually worked out very well. So sometimes um, it, it's more than fair to say that football fans know absolutely nothing <laughs> um, in terms of what we're talking about, but uh Let's move on, shall we, of course, because the next person I do want to talk about, of course, he was the second goal scorer and he capped it off and sealed all three points. And of course, we talk about him every week, but I think it's more than fair enough to talk about him every week. Ollie Watkins, I mean, the man, the myth, becoming a little bit of a cult hero slash legend, I think it's fair enough to say the way he's been going under Unai Emery. It's been massively impressive here. And as I wait for my screen to finally load, I put out a stat here on the um, 7,500 to hold account. Of course, uh, shameless little plug at 7,500 to hold if you want to follow us on Twitter or Facebook, of course. Um, so prior to Ollie Watkins, or sorry, prior to Unai Emery uh, being appointed as Villa manager, um, Ollie Watkins played 12 matches and scored two goals and two assists. Since Unai Emery has come in, 16 matches played, 10 goals, 3 assists. Um, that is definitely a world's difference, isn't it, Seb? I'm running out of words that I can use to describe Ollie Watkins at the moment. I mean, he is the definition of going through a purple patch at the moment. And I, again, I couldn't think of a person more more rewarding for it to happen to. Um, you know, there's stats being banded about of, there's only three players in the Premier League to score 10 or more goals in the last three seasons, and it's Watkins, 
Salah and Kane. So he's in good company in terms of those sort of stats. But I, th- I think he's finally playing in a system that that gets him. There's a lot to be said for confidence. You know, he strikes me as a confidence player and maybe getting rid of Danny Ings was a blessing in disguise, knowing that he is a number nine. He is the starting striker moving forward. That that can be crucial to a football player, knowing that you have the manager's backing. And, you know, Unai could have easily sat down with him after Ings departed and gone, look, you've got the rest of the season now. No one's going to come in and take your place. Show me what you can do. And almost the shackles have gone off and he's gone, yeah, I can stand with my shoulders tall and I can I can lead this football club forward as he has done. And again, long may it continue. People talk about England's squad. You know, people talk about how far can he go. But, you know, you've just got to enjoy it while it happens because I, I for one, personally hope he breaks Villa's Premier League goal-scoring record. Um, still quite a while to go, but again... If he continues in the way that he's going, then I don't see any reason why he can't go on and break that record. I think you saw yesterday, again, I don't mean to be too much of a Debbie Downer, but it wasn't his best performance yesterday. And I think that probably showed in his celebration for the goal, the last kick of the game, he took his top off. And again, I, I can't think of a person that I'm I'm more happy for. Obviously, I said the same about Bertrand Traore, but... It seems as though there's a real good feel about the club at the moment. All the players are on the same wavelength. All the fans are on the same wavelength, slowly starting to become one as a unit. And I couldn't be happier. Yeah, I think it's kind of interesting too. Like, I don't know if you guys saw this. I think, I don't know if it was the pre-match presser prior to Forest, but something came out in regards to Una Emery still maybe wanting to sign a striker in the summer. I don't know if that was, there is any actual truth to that or whatever, I thought that was kind of an interesting thing. Um, but regardless of that, like realistically, um, I mean, of course, Duran came in. You still have Cameron Archer on loan. I mean, I think a lot of people, when someone, especially a new manager, says forward, I think they automatically think, okay, well, he's still not good enough and things like that. But that couldn't be further than the truth in my mind. If anyone's going to probably come in at this point, that's going to be better than Ollie. It would have to be. I mean, he'd ha- either have to be out of this world or it's someone who can play in the middle or on the wing as well, too. I, I, I completely agree with the statement. I don't know how, how you two feel, but I feel as though if we don't go out and sign a striker in the summer, then we'd be silly. No matter what, where we finish this season, whether we finish in Europe, whether we, whether we miss out, I think having two quality forwards at the club who can play together... We, we play two up front, and at the moment, Bailey's having to occupy that position, as is Bertrand Traore. It wouldn't surprise me if Emery wanted to eventually move them slightly further back to accommodate two out-and-out strikers in that system. So, yeah, I'd, I'd be very, very surprised if we didn't sign a striker, and I'm glad that there are talks of us being in for one. There's been talks about Tammy Abraham, and I'm not going to get into names um, at the moment, but, yeah, bringing in another striker, I think, can only beneficiary for this club well yeah like realistically we can't be naive anymore and only carry one or two i think especially going into next season and if there is serious opportunities to finish within a european spot that has to be like with the amount of games that are going to be coming up if that schedule does come to light for villa in the near future um i don't know maybe it does raise a little bit more question marks in terms of cameron archer's future but in my 
opinion he needs a Premier League loan next and then kind of wait and see. I think everyone forgets that he's still incredibly young. Duran's still incredibly young as well. Um, maybe he goes out on loan two next season to get a little bit more experience. I mean, who knows what's going to happen? I, I feel like there's going to be quite a lot of uh, changes that maybe we don't expect, but I think they're all going to be for the better. But Simon, I'll, I'll swing this uh over your way when you're sit back and looking at this game in particular and I mean you can even look at the Leicester game as well it's not like let's be honest Villa didn't play incredibly well either games both games were a little bit of a slog at times but regardless of that and even though some people and I I still see this on Twitter which blows my mind getting given the the form that Villa are in at the moment still not that pleased with every single performance regardless of the result we're still winning games. It could be ugly, but like, really, who cares at this point? Yeah, exactly. This is it's all well and good in playing really well, but if if you don't if you don't get a result at the end of the day, then kind of what's the point? Like, I'd, I'd rather be on four wins in a row, having played really well in say in two games, or and then kind of average in a couple of games, but have one or four then play brilliant football and lose all four, draw four. Like it's, 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 a, it's a balance, obviously. you The ideal is you play brilliantly and you win every single game. But that, just unless you're like Man City or prime Barcelona under Pep Guardiola, that's just never going to happen. So I really, yeah, I, I, I don't get, do not get any negativity around uh any of the recent results. Obviously, you know, there, there are things that can be improved, but that doesn't mean that you need to, like, have a complete mental breakdown <laughs> that you see some people have. I, I remember during uh, the Leicester game when it was 1-1 going into the last few minutes, uh, and some of the things I was seeing on Twitter was unbelievable. Like, some of the criticism of some of the players. Like, I, I saw one, one tweet... Like really, like slagging off Jacob Ramsey. I was like, "You for real? That's what is going on?" So yeah, yesterday, the the, the ninety minutes, like Seb says, like right at the start, it, it wasn't the best of watches. I, I think, I think we were a little leggy in the midfield, which is maybe to be expected after you know three games in the week, and especially you think of that Chelsea game. There's a lot of work that went into that, and Forrest came to make it an ugly game as well, which is well within their rights and I would I'd fully expect them to do that so you know it's, it's as long as you're winning and you're looking in control as well which we did okay yeah, so like I say wasn't the best wasn't the most fluent or fluid of performances but we were in total control of that game from start to finish so I yeah I, I, I don't I cannot see when, when you think of where we have been at certain times over the years how anyone can have anything to moan about at the moment is absolutely beyond me. Not even where we've been over the last few years, where we've been this season, for fuck's sake. Like, come on, just, we're sick. Enjoy it, people. What's, what's wrong? Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Yeah. Oh, you're going to have to get me a neck brace because I think I've got <laughs> an injury the amount of times I was nodding to what you were saying there. And I, it's, I'm, I'm really glad you said this because I had this debate with the person sat next to me um yesterday and he was saying for the money that i pay i pay for an entertainment factor so i would happily sit mid-table coming to villa park excited every week than come and watch us play win but be boring and less exciting and i it often i often in times like that i will sit and agree with someone just for the sake of avoiding a debate or an argument but i i turned around to him and i said look i would happily watch 46 games where we won 1-0 and we were going, fucking hell, this is boring. Or, you know, we're not playing to our best here. But if we came away with the victory at the end of the day, I'd take that. I'd happily take that. Football is a results business. We want our clubs to be successful and do well. And, you know, if we're going to push on to get into Europe or to progress like Christian Perslow bangs on about all the time to be successful... And we're not going to win every game by playing fluid football. Simon said it himself. The only club in the in the country that can do that is probably Man City or Arsenal at this stage. We saw it with Liverpool today playing Arsenal. You can't play out from the back and be successful all the times. You're going to have nervy moments. And playing three times in six days, you can't expect the players to be able to grind out exciting performances and win all the time, especially when we're playing Chelsea away and Forest, who are battling for every point to be able to survive at the end of the season. Same with Leicester as well. So, yeah, I, I'm i putting it on record that I would happily sit through, th- I don't know how many games there are in a season, Mass isn't my strong point, 38 games. I would happily sit through 38 boring games if it meant we won them all, because it means that we're being successful. No, I get it. Like, see this is the thing and i think the the most comparable thing i can think of is um the last time that chelsea won under Mourinho. how many games did they win like one nil or two one it wasn't the most entertaining season having a few friends that are chelsea fans and they would probably testify to that as well but they won a title they were successful who cares at the end of the day like realistically and like i i get why people want to be entertained but if i want entertainment i will gladly go watch another game and enjoy that like i don't know it's it it kind of almost bugs me when people say that because i i feel like you can't have both worlds i guess in that kind of situation but they do want both if we had both we'd probably be man city let's be honest or someone like that unfortunately that's not going to happen it's just part of reality it's like when we were or villa were in particular struggling um the first season back up in the Premier League um, with relegation. And some people were saying, oh, I would just take another run in the championship. Like, why would you want to go back down and experience that all over again? It's just a weird statement that people make. I, I don't know. But anyways, 
Well, with that being said, let's get on to another uh, listener thought question concern topic, whatever you want to call it, that was sent in. This one from Chris Smith at uh, the B6 Kid um, saying, are we as fans becoming overconfident based on the quality of opposition in this unbeaten run after Forrest? That's um, that's teams currently that are 18th, 19th, 11th, 15th, 13th, 14th, and 17th. On the other hand, you have to actually go and, um, in quotes, win those games and do so consistently is amazing. So a little bit of kind of a question and his general thought on it as well. So Seb, I'll throw this your way. I mean, and I said this last uh, or a few days ago to Tom, these are games that even last year we would have lost. We we typically don't beat teams. It feels like that we are expected to beat. So to comfortably be at times and to look convincingly in most of these games, I mean, you have to take it, don't you? It kind of goes on to the conversation we just had. I think he actually answered his own question there. Oh well, yeah. That's what I just said. Thank you for listening. <laughs> But I, I also think you took the words right out of my mouth. Um, yeah, the, you, have, you still have to go and win those games. And how many times have we sat here going, we have a really good run ahead of us, and then at the end of that run gone, well, that didn't really go as expected, did it? So t- to be in this position, as football fans, this is everything you could ask for. Everything you could ask for. I haven't seen Villa in this position in my lifetime. And, and I know Simon will be very quick to add that it's not a very long lifetime, um, you know, as he's lived through the Stone Ages. But um, you've got to you've got to take these moments when they come. And, you know, we've beaten Chelsea on their own patch. We've beaten Brighton, who are trying to fight for Champions League football on their own patch under Unai Emery. We've beaten Man United at home for the first time in however many years. These are things that just, as a Villa fan in recent years, are... The unthinkable. You you can even in your wildest dreams to be sat sitting sixth. Okay, yes, we probably won't be in that position come the end of the season. Uh, we've still got a lot of difficult games to come, but think times are going well. So why wouldn't we be excited and be happy and possibly get carried away? What fan base won't do when they've won however many that we've won and now on the run that we're on. Yeah, 100%. And um, I'll, I'll throw another one out there to you, Simon, so we can uh, get these kind of over and done with. Not that I'm saying that we don't enjoy them. I massively appreciate everyone that's got involved, honestly. It actually kind of makes my day when I read these things and people do want to get involved. Um, let's see here. I think this is the last one. So, Or no, so there's two more. Um, Liam Meg just kind of says two words, Ashley Young. Um, I think we can leave that there with him. We already discussed him, I think, on the Lester pod and even a few weeks consistently prior to that. So go listen to those podcasts if you want to hear more about um, the ageless wonder that is Ashley Young. Um, the one thing I will say, though, even though I said I won't bring it up, the fact that he's played, what, he's, what, 38 and he played three games within a week. Um, is massively impressive. I'm sure he'll be on the ice bags probably till Newcastle um, next week at this point. Um, but uh, back of the Trinity at back of the Trinit one on Twitter um, asks, is 60 points enough for Europe? So of course, filler on 47 points right now in Simon. So we would need 13 more points. So what four wins and a draw out of the last eight to get 60. So I guess the one question that he wants to know, do you think that's enough? And do you think we could even hit 60 realistically given our run in? Um, in the answer to the first one, is it enough? 
I'm going to be a really shit answer and sit on the fence and say, I don't know. Because, I mean, it, it, like, it, it's it, it, it is, that's one of those, it's just it's almost impossible to answer. You know, we've had, there's been, I've, I've got a feeling the season, the first, the, you know, the, the COVID season, uh, Dean Smith, when we finished 11th, I think the points total we got, majority of seasons, is having the top eight that year, so or top seven or top eight. So, it's yeah, it's 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 a that that's a tough one to answer. To be honest, it's six years of European football, and also you don't know what spot in the league will actually give European football. It could be seven, could drop down to eight, depending on who wins the FA Cup. Can we hit sixty points? Absolutely. Like, of course we can. I mean, we've got eight games left. Yes, you you look at them on paper and say they are a, a tougher run of games than the previous seven or eight we've just had. But like Seb was sort of saying there, we've got to play Brighton. We've beaten them at their place already. We've got to play Tottenham. We've beaten them at their place already. We've got to play Brentford and Man U, beating them both at home already this season. Um, we've got Liverpool, which obviously yeah, we lost that, but you know we could have got a result in that game and they've not had the best of seasons. Fulham at home with no Mitrovic for the rest of the season. They look like they're sort of fizzling out a little bit. You know, there's... <laughs> There, there's no easy games in that run, but they're all winnable games that we've got between now and the end of the season. Um, so yeah, there's a, there's no reason why we, we can't hit sixty points or, or even more. Like I, you don't want to get carried away, obviously. Like you, you, there shouldn't be an expectation that we're going to go and do all that as well. You know, the last thing I want to, I'd be so annoyed if say say we lost to Newcastle on, on next weekend or if we drew. I'll be furious if I go on Twitter and see people pissing and moaning because get real, like you're not going to win every single game of football and you've got no right to as well. Like it happens, grow up, deal with it. But anyway, hopefully that won't happen. But you know, so the what well, the point is that like, we we've got a tougher run of fixtures coming up, but we're going into that in the best run of form that you could possibly go into it. And momentum is a massive thing in football, as you know. Sort of going back to the point we were talking about earlier, that championship run we went on, when we won those first two games in that 10-game winning run, you weren't looking at thinking, oh, well, we're going to win 10 games here. It's just game by game and it builds and it builds and it builds and you get that confidence. And whilst we played against teams sort of lower down the league in, in this run of games we've had with the exception of Chelsea, um, the, yeah, you, you can say, okay, yeah, they're not the best teams, but it's it's not so much the, the six wins and the draw in those seven games. It's five clean sheets, only two goals conceded. That's the big thing because to to get to get to a position where you're so difficult to break down and so hard to get through, that that confidence builds and, and that's that's the it's a it's a good run of form and a good uh, you you build momentum with fans and then when so then when you come to play these games against the other teams they've got it in their own minds that god these are going to be tricky these are going to be hard to break down and and, and so you not necessarily a fear factor but you know what you sort of you can throw that element of doubt doubt into the opposition as well that they're not coming thinking well you know these these guys always concede, so some you know will be all right. So um, yeah, I, I kind of I think it's it's I don't want to like predict on how many points we're going to get between now and the end of the season. But as I say, there's there are eight, 
tough games, but they're all winnable games. Not that we're going to win them all, but they are all winnable games. And you're going into them as Villa fans now, feeling like you say at the start of the season, you wouldn't be going to Anfield or Old Trafford thinking we could go and get a win there. You'd be thinking, Christ almighty, as long as it's not a cricket score, we'll be, you know, I'll take that. But now we were going into those games genuinely believing, and the players genuinely believing we can, we can turn up and win it. I'm going to be the slight pessimist of the podcast and say if you offered me 60 points now, I would absolutely snap your hands off. Well, while Simon was talking then, I did a bit of research, um, did my homework, and only once in the last five seasons has the team finished seventh, got to 60 points or above, and that was Spurs who got 62. So if we're saying, for example, and like Simon said, again, everything can change. It might not be seventh, it might just be sixth, depending on who wins the domestic cups. But if we were to get to 60 points, I would probably say that that would be enough for seventh or higher. So if you, yeah, again, it, football doesn't work like this. And this is the reason why we're all so engrossed in it and we love the sport. But if you offered me 60 points now, I would, I think any Villa fan would be silly to say no. Especially, again, with the run of games coming up. No, exactly. And you're speaking of that run of games, Seb. So just to bring it up here briefly. I know, And I just want to quickly say, I know we haven't massively touched on the Forest game. Um, it feels weird to talk about Villa so happily and not really have to focus on a game because winning has become a little bit of a norm lately. I don't know if that makes me sound arrogant or not, but I'm just going to bask in it um, while I can. But that run-in, of course, includes uh, Newcastle, Brentford, Fulham, uh, United, Wolves, Spurs, Liverpool, and of course the final day against Brighton, which to be honest, given our form and if somehow we get down to that, maybe that uh, Brighton game could be the uh, tell-all tale between us and them in terms of who potentially gets a European spot. Wouldn't that be a one way to end the season? But let's be honest, if I had my choice, I'd rather have it wrapped up before then because I don't want to go into a final day stressed again. We've already done that before and I don't need to ever go through that ever again in my lifetime. But like I said, it's it's one hell of a run in and to get four wins and even a draw out of those, I mean, it would be one heck of an achievement. We've already surpassed my expectations in the last 10 odd games, I would say. If we can go into Newcastle, Brentford, um, I know Fulham are slipping a little bit, but they're still a decent side. Um, United, I mean, you go into those, and if we can go into the next four with the mindset and the rest of the season, really, with how we're playing right now, I'm fully confident that we can at least get a point out of almost every game. And uh, if I sound arrogant saying that, so be it. But regardless of that, let's get over to our three word reviews over on Twitter. So, of course, this is a little bit of a heads up to Seb and Simon to get yours ready as well, because I know how much these guys love it. So thank you very much to everyone that got involved. I want to say there's easily probably over 60 of them maybe there was over 80 but that was the last time i checked so tweet us at 75 100 to hold over on twitter if you want to get involved in the future usually the tweet goes out between 5 to 15 minutes post match it's always good fun and it's literally the last thing i probably do um after a game before i go to bed and it's uh pretty funny to see what people come up with um at that point in time so let's start with colin frederick saying positive goal difference um 
I'm absolutely going to butcher this name, but it's I think it's Sanj Pradhan saying, where's my passport? Sorry if I absolutely butchered that, but I did try. Um, let's go to uh, Lewis Y or we sorry if again, if I butchered your last name there, Lewis, um, here's my passport. A lot of passport talk going on here. Um, GJH UTV Sunshine and Villa Nigel WV Scruffy win. Welcome Villabird three huge points. Um, Ollie says, uh, absolutely fucking brilliant. Um, uh, Mr. Aston Villa, sixth, sixth, and then all in caps, sixth. Um, Woody Woodpecker, last on match of the day. Um, let's go to, let's scroll a little bit further down. There's more than I thought. Uh, Jack C, European away day, uh, days, I should say. Chris, uh, Margaret saying defense never troubled. Um, let's go to 18, whole tender 74, saying happy Easter villains. Um, Trevor Hood, drunk on standings. Um, Kieran says, marry me, Watkins, and let's do three more because why not? Um, Lethal Energy saying, Aston Villa resurrection. Um, let's go to Amy Dunn saying, what is happening? And let's scroll all the way down to see what's down with all the crazy people down at the bottom let's finish with razor rudd he has a gif of um oh my god i can't think of the the manager uh watford's manager right now seb simon please save me i'm picturing his face um i can see his chris face wilder. chris wilder i almost called him chris wood i knew that wasn't the case thank you very much um it's literally a, a gif of him saying top six mate so i think that is a pretty good way to end that um seb i'll throw you under the bus first since you're the youngest so your three word review please I'm really glad you reminded me of this before because it completely uh, cleared over my mind and I hadn't got anything ready. But in the short time that I had to prepare the last 20 seconds or so, I came up with let's keep going. Okay, fair enough. Simon, if you can beat that, I'll be massively impressed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it just describes my moods and Villa's mood in general at the moment. Another good weekend. Okay, I'll, I'll take that. And if I were to finish it off, um, again, this is probably going to have to put this podcast into the explicit category. And maybe this is a little bit concerning how this is. Oh, actually, I know this is how it makes some Villa fans feel based on last week's three reviews, where the amount of things that had ended with erect, um, basically, <laughs> and Villa in the same section. But anyways, uh, Villa... <laughs> No, that doesn't work. That's four words. Crap. That's I don't know. I'm getting scared now. Um, it's not as easy as it looks, isn't it? it yeah, I'm absolutely dropping my performance here down to Seb's level here at halftime. Wow. Um, no let me plan. think. Unnecessary. Oh, oh, okay. Unnecessary, he's but out. needed. He's lashing out, Seb, because he's, he's, he's embarrassed with his performance here. And he's, he's, he's just... He's, he's lashing out at the people he loves the most. And yeah, that's really. sad to say. <laughs> Um, let's just say European trip pending. There we go. Um, I had a very inappropriate one saying Villa get me Randy, but that's four words. Um, <laughs> so that doesn't really word, but Can you I know just what? Say, for, a, for a podcast who do this every single week without fail, oh, no. we are surprisingly <laughs> shit at coming up with our own. Well, it's I like we used to forget. do. It's like when we used to do the the Guess Who games and the Who Am I game. Um, oh, how long? It, I yeah. miss that. 
Yeah, I don't know why I got rid of it, to be honest. But, um, well, I do know because it took God's ages to edit because everyone would take like 10 minutes between every sentence. But anyways, uh, regardless of that. podcast soon where we bring that back and you you finish off with a rap to, to wrap it up. Yeah, yeah, I don't, ha- I don't have the Steven Gerrard one if anymore. If we get I've to actually Europe, will that. you come up with a rap for us? For oh, us? yeah. I'll, I'll do more than that. I'll, it doesn't have to be a rap. Do <laughs> well, you want well, to be well, oct- well, well, I can do acapella. I could do... A whole, a whole um, music video. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that, that's on record now. You can't edit this out now. Me and Simon have proof of this. We can do a... Um, I'll meet up with Tom since he's logistically the closest person to me. And some of the Toronto villains and, and everyone, I, everyone's probably tuning off because they don't know why we're discussing this right now. But I'm sure everyone's seen the um, Jose Mourinho, the special one where the the guy is on Sky or is interviewing that family. And they're like, we love Jose Mourinho so much. And it's like, Jose Mourinho, you were the special. That, that one. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. I will do something similar no, to that. that one, actually. Can you um can you carry on? With that? <laughs> whoa, whoa. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um yeah, we we'll we'll figure something out here. Whatever whatever can uh fit within the whole cast budget, we'll we'll figure something out. But uh regardless of that, I will say if Villa do get Europe, I'm seriously gonna have to figure out how to get over there so we can do a live podcast when we play rapid vienna or uh like poznan or something next season or something in the conference league if that does happen well before we wrap things up let's briefly talk about newcastle on uh the weekend i guess this will be coming out on monday um so better not say next weekend to uh, mess some people up but of course there should be an opposition match preview uh with seb coming out in a newcastle journalist hopefully on thursday so keep your eyes on the podcast feeds for that but of course, Newcastle guys, they're flying. So, Simon, I'll, I'll come to you. I mean, I said this pre-recording. I would probably take a point going into this, given their form. And I always feel like Newcastle's always been a bit of a tricky fixture for us. But how are you feeling going into that one? I mean, yeah, it's, both teams are, you know, in outstanding run of form at the moment. So, it's going to be it's going to be a really tough game. I, I think it'll be a really good game. Like, I, I, I think you know, for the neutrals as well, it'll be an entertaining watch. Um I mean, I'd, I'd probably take a point if I'm being honest as well. Um, like we were saying before we started recording, I was chatting to a mate of mine last night, a Newcastle fan, and, and he said the same. He's, he's happy to take a point now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's a game that we can win, but Newcastle have been very, very good this season. So, it'll be, I, I think it'll be a tough game, but it's just one I'm really looking forward to. And, yeah, as I say, I. I think I'd probably, if you've offered me a point now, I think I'd probably take it and just sort of keep them unbeaten run going. 100%. Seb, how about you? I mean, it's, like I said, it's it's never easy playing Newcastle. And I mean, I don't think anyone really expected them to have the season they're having, but no one expected us to have the season we're having right now either. So probably at the start of the season, most people would have had this pegged down as a probably a mid to um, lower end of the uh I guess, league clash, um, albeit we were a little bit more positive in the summer and uh, things quickly tailed off. But um, enough of reliving that bit of nightmare. We don't have to worry about those days. But how are you feeling about this one in particular? I'm going to get an unwanted um, record here of being the negative one on this podcast. But I, th- I think it's such a difficult game. Newcastle really are flying high at the moment and we'll, we'll have every belief behind them. And we know what they'll do. They'll come to Villa Park and they will probably sit back and defend. Um, so I'd envisage a low-scoring affair. I wouldn't. 
I wouldn't go against the nil-nil, and I'd probably take a nil-nil, to be fair. Okay, let's do score predictions then, Seb. Just, go ahead. Well, just, just <laughs> be, be, before you say that, Unai Emery has never had a nil-nil draw in his Premier League oh, managerial he career. Has he? That's, ah, oh, I completely forgot about one all then. <laughs> he only breaks um, some of our uh, poor records. He doesn't cause any of them. So, Simon, what's your <laughs> score prediction? I mean, I'm going to be boring and, and, and agree to sit on the fence 1 1. I, I think it's, I think both teams are playing so well. It's such a tough game to go. I, I, Newcastle probably going to a slight favourites just because of how good a season they've had and where they are in the league. I think, yeah, I think it's a really tough one. I'll, I'll go 1 1. <laughs> well, like father, like son, I'm stealing that from Seb because he just put that in the in the comments themselves. Um, I'm going to go 2 2. I feel like it's going to be a little bit of a higher scoring one for some reason. They're just going to score a really annoying goal, I'm sure. Um, hopefully, we're not leading late on and they score. But regardless of that, I. I don't know. I, I can't see anything other than a draw. Of course, I'm sure Newcastle fans will be confident and say they'll probably e- easily wipe the floor with us. I think I think the biggest thing for me is probably going to be um, how we cope in the midfield, um, especially in terms of how we deal with things at the back. It's definitely massively improved, but at times there's still that odd little hiccup, um, not so obviously <laughs> throughout every game. So it's definitely improving, like I said, but uh, we'll have to be at our utmost best, definitely. Well, I think that's a good place to leave this. I know we didn't do our match ball slash man of the matches, but to be honest, I'd give them to every Villa player at this point in time. Uh it's weird being comfortable with winning and being happy about it and being confident that Villa can go into every game competitively. But like I said, we'll leave it there and check out, of course, Seb on Twitter at Sebastian Bacon 8, Simon at Cy O'Regan. If you can check out me on Twitter as well at Talk Aston Villa, tweet the team at 7500 Holt. You can email us holtcast at gmail.com. And of course, check out the website www.7500holt.com. I still don't know how I remember this. I feel like like literally the last thing I say um, on my deathbed is going to be reading out everyone's Twitter handles and the website at this point. But regardless of that, we should be back, like I said, with an opposition match preview on Thursday. And then we'll be back with all these knuckleheads here, hopefully for another podcast brain early on the Monday. But like I said, we'll leave it there. And don't forget up the villa. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.